Hello, and welcome to the one-year anniversary Ooh. episode hey. of Doing the Work with Jay and Becca. Hey, we've been here a year. Oh my gosh. Not great. We've been doing this a year. Yeah. Not something. That's crazy. It is crazy. It went, really, went by really it's fast. Amazing. It's been so much fun. Like I, this is my favorite part of work right now. I know. I love it. I know. Me too. Yeah. So first thing. It's like I'm so spoiled yeah, by it. First thing we want to just appreciate and acknowledge everybody who's been listening and especially those of you who listen and share on the Facebook page and are taking on your lives so powerfully and then being willing to share that with each other. We're just, uh, Beck and I are constantly inspired by you and just oh, blown God, away yeah. um, by what uh, that you're all up to, what you're all up to, and for us to get to be a part of that, we're, it's an honor and a privilege. So we want to thank you, thank you, thank you. Definitely. And we thought it would be fun. And for those of you who have, yeah, come on and, and yeah. coached, um, so honored mm-hmm. by you. Uh, last week's ep- episode with Madeline hit a topic that has just hit very close to home for me, and I know it will for a lot of others. And, you know, it's just amazing to me um, that we've come from that place where, you know, 51-ish, 50 episodes ago, I was being coached. And I remember doing that episode thinking, God, you know, someday somebody else is going to be sitting in the seat and, and getting coached on our podcast. And here we are a year later, and it's happening with frequency, and it's just yeah. amazing. So we have some good stuff, though, to share with you mm. on this one-year anniversary podcast. So I'm super excited to sort of turn it over to Jay with some different stuff that we're going to start really focusing yeah, on. We're gonna, well, first of all, um, you know, there's lots out there about the law of attraction. And while we are predominantly focused on all personal development, um, we do talk about the law of attraction a lot. And um, so we wanted to have this episode be about the law of attraction. And I, in particular, have been getting revitalized and re-energized about metaphysics. I'm back in a metaphysics class right now, um, and I just, this stuff, I just love it. (laughs) I just, I have such a passion for it. Oh, yeah. And what's interesting to me, um, and this is why we wanted, why I wanted to have this this conversation, um, because it, a number of reasons. Number one, my goal in life is to be able to take all of the reading that I've done, uh, the new thought work and the law of attraction work and the metaphysics work and break it down into bite-sized morsels so that you don't have to go do all that. <laughs> like that, You can actually get it from me yes. and you can digest it <laughs> and you can understand it. And so as Beck and I work together and talk together, often I'll bounce things off of her and say, does this make sense? Like if I explain it like this, does this? And, and she's, you know, we, we have great dialogue around that. And so we wanted to share some of that because there's a lot of law of attraction teachers out there. And it's interesting to me because I've been studying the law of attraction now. I started studying the law of attraction in 2002. Um, and so how many years is that? That's a long time, right? 15 years. I've been studying the law of attraction for 15 yeah. years. I've been studying new thought um, for how long? I started studying new thought in 2007. So I've been studying new thought for about 10 years. And before that, um, most I was, you know, raised Catholic and grew up culturally Christian, that kind of stuff. But what what got me in the whole point of me writing a book was that what I'm trying to say is they're all saying the same damn thing, right? And that if we can, they are, they're all the world religions. They're all saying yeah. the same damn thing. And what's interesting to me yeah. about that is that 
the people who are talking strictly law of attraction, people who are just strictly interested in law of attraction, don't even realize that the people who are taught who are understanding the Bible and interpreting it metaphysically are talking about the law of attraction. I mean, they're talking about the same damn thing, right? And now we can yep. make a case yep. that they're not. And this is the thing that I think is important, and I think it's an important distinction in the sense that when you listen to law of attraction um, teachers, um, and Abraham is my favorite one, um, Abraham will talk about the law of attraction and then sometimes talk about a God or source, right? But there's never, right. ever uh-huh. a time. So it's almost like the law of attraction is a law, right? Like gravity is a law. And at the same time, they're talking about this knowing that you are source and this knowing that you are divine and this and, and getting in touch with your inner being because it's in alignment with the law, right? And so how could the law be different right. Than, right. than the same thing that we know as the force or good or whatever the hell you want to call it, right? I mean, we, some people, yes. I remember back in AA, people using the word good orderly direction for their acronym for God because they just couldn't deal with God. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. My point uh-huh. is they're all saying the same oh, yeah. thing. And so let's break it down into some of the same uh, the stuff that has been talked about in metaphysics for years and years and years. And nobody in the law of, tra- law of attraction is really in my opinion, talking about this. And so, Becca, you can correct me if, you, if I'm wrong, but there's a couple of, um, I want to walk through a little bit of the process of getting an alignment, and which is what happens when we're going to manifest something, right? And some of the ways that they spoke about that um, from the New Thought Movement, which the New Thought Movement, again, I've spoken about it many times, I think, uh, it feels like I have, uh, but the New Thought was a movement that started in the early late 1800s, early 1900s, um, one of the early, early leaders in the New Thought movement was Mary Baker Eddy, and she started Christian Science, right? And so she was a follower of Phineas Quimby, who was a person who was, see, initially what was going on is all they had was religion, right? We didn't even have science, we didn't have, we didn't have medicine, right? So religion was the only thing, right? And then medicine started to come about, Right and science started to come about, and um, some people kept those separate. They just followed the doctrine of their religion, and that was where healing was coming from. Then medicine started to take over, and many people got in an inquiry around how is this science mix up with religion? Is there is there a bridge there? Is there a gap there? Is there some way to connect that? And that's where you first have your your um, and they called it um, Christian science. Right, but I want to make a distinction because there's a big distinction between like what we know as Christian Science as a religion versus what they were studying, right? Because what they were okay. studying okay. was how does you know Christianity sync up with religion and make or sync up with science and make sense, right? They were studying the forces of the universe. They were studying what they knew about stars and you know all the things. So that's a very big distinction. So most of the New Thought leaders. Would have graduate would have graduated for, with Mary Baker, Baker Eddy from what from her school of Christian Science at the time, right? And it wasn't what we know as a Christian Science religion. But then Mary Baker Eddy, you know, we all have our stuff, <laughs> right? Our ego stuff. Mary Baker Eddy really believed that what they were teaching was the only way. Like it was the it was it was a download from God, and it was the way of how it was going, right? 
Now, she worked with a woman by the name of Emma Curtis Hopkins. Okay, Emma Curtis Hopkins was right there with Mary Baker Eddy. She was a student of Mary Baker Eddy's. And Emma Curtis Hopkins said, Mary, there's no way this could be all there is. We're, we're an evolving species. We're people who are, there's more to know. <laughs> you know, right? There's got to be more to know. Right. Mary yeah. said, no, 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 no. I don't think so. And so Mary, so Emma Curtis Hopkins went and became a world-renowned scholar. And she studied world religions, right? And so many of the people who taught under Mary Baker Eddy then learned from Emma Curtis Hopkins. And then they all split off into their own versions of this new thought movement. And so you have people like the Fillmores, Charles and Myrtle Fillmore, who started Unity, right? Which is what I study. Um, you have Ernest Holmes, who broke up, who broke off and split off and created Science of Mind. Um, and then Mary Baker Eddy went on to create the uh, Christian science religion, right, which is totally separate from, she split off, they all split off. The point is, there are some basic tenets of these things that basically have now been like, it's fit if you were to coffee filter it all out, or you know, filter out, there's some things that now everybody talks about as though it's a law of attraction and it's this new thing, right? Well, they've been talking about this forever, right? And so, and so that's why I love authors like Florence Scovel Shin and Ursula Bloodworth and some of these women authors who were new thought leaders in the early days and who were always talking about this stuff and giving us and and. You know, what I loved about Florence was at Florence, and they would call this, they called it treatment. It's like, you were going to get treated. And part of the treatment was managing your language and managing your thoughts and managing, you know, starting to speak the word for what you want, not what you don't want. And one of the things that Florence would do, which is, in my opinion, is early coaching. Florence would get clear with people, what are you speaking? What's your focus on? Like, what do you, if you really read her books, you can see in there when she's saying to people, Oh, you're speaking that you want your husband gone. Now you're crying because your husband died. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's just all kinds of crazy shit in there. Like you're 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 speaking your own reality kind of stuff. So I thought it'd be fun to walk through with all of this and talk a little bit about some of the things from the New Thought movement that nobody's talking about today. <laughs> that I don't think so. Maybe maybe they are, and you correct me if I'm wrong. But let's. So first thing I want is that the that the the definition or our definition of law of attraction um, is that like attracts like, right? And that and that's the the basic basic mm-hmm. basic con- yep. concept. Yep. But really, what we're all talking about is getting in alignment with our oneness, which is that flow of goodness that is always there. And we want to think about it like the moon, right? Just because you don't, you know, there's when the moon is in a when it's waning or waxing, doesn't matter. When it's a half moon or a baby moon, it's not that the moon isn't there. <laughs> it's just that you can only see that part, right? Right. Okay. So we want to think of our divinity or our source or the flow of well-being, which is the, which is what Abraham is always talking about, this flow of goodness. It's always there. Right. <sighs> you yeah. are always in the flow of it. Yes. It just doesn't feel like that sometimes because you can't see it because your human your humanity is what's what's running the day. Right. And you're not linked up to it. So you've got so you've got yourself in the way. You, right. Mm-hmm. And I said this to you recently. It's like when you're coming at something from trying to fix or change yourself, you're not in tune with your with the law of attraction or with your source because 
source has you is vibrating at your own perfection all the time. Like you're always perfect. Okay. <laughs> okay. You have you to say that again and- because you ha- this to me was like such a huge thing and it has literally kind of flipped me on my head. Um, because okay. every time that I start to fix things now, I start to say to myself, no, this, remember what Jay said. So I want you to repeat this because I want people to be very clear <laughs> on what you're saying because it is such a huge different thing than right. what has been said before. Yeah. What we ultimately want to know is that you are whole and perfect and complete all the time. And if you need to think of that as your inner being as whole and perfect and complete, that's okay. Like that's basically what we're saying is that the part of you that, that, or that you are one with all, right? We're always one. We don't have oneness language. So we have to say we're one with the universe. Really, we're all just one. Right. (laughs) We don't have language to say we're one with, we're one with everything. But really the reality is that we're always all one. And that is whole and perfect. And then we get in with our little small brains and we start trying to fix and change us. And then we wonder why we don't feel good. Yes. We wonder why we're not in sync and attracting the things we want to attract and manifesting the things we want to manifest because the universe is always vibing as you are whole and perfect. And then you're trying to vibe and I need fixed and changed. Yes. So you're out of alignment. You're totally out of alignment. Yes. Because what we're doing is we say to ourselves, okay, I need to do X, Y, and Z. And that makes me right with the world. Even when you're sort of jamming (laughs) on the whole progress, not perfection thing, you're still like, I am trying to make myself changing. Yeah. I'm I'm trying to fix myself to be the right in the right place. And when you let that, when you start to recognize the fact that the universe sees you as whole and perfect. And so when you're, when you're trying to change yourself, the universe is like, Whoa, wait a minute. Like, why would you do that? I'm going to hold over here because I'm just going to wait for you to recognize the fact that you're fant- you're exactly where you who you're supposed to be. And then all of a sudden, when you open yourself to that, the struggle changes <laughs> in such a huge way. Um, yeah, it's, fan- it's, it's a big shift. Oh, my God. It really and it's is. a hard and it's And it's a shift about and it's a really a shift about getting in alignment with that inner being of being of always in, you're always in that flow. You're always in that flow of well-being and always in that flow of good. You just aren't, you just can't see it. It's always there. And I think this is such a hard thing because we have been taught our entire lives just like that. We were taught. I mean, we've been, we've been told and we've been, you're growing, you're changing, you're, you, this is part of your, you know, you're growing as a human being, you're, you know, expanding your horizons. All of these things are still fixed, fixing words. You're still fixing and changing um, what you're bringing to the table from the universe. And so it's, I think it's a hard concept to grasp and we're going to definitely need to keep hitting on it. Cause I think people are going to be like, wait a minute. Um, but just yep. hold on tight and listen to Jay. Trust him. You've been with yeah. us for a year. <laughs> you're going to yeah. be really happy. Yeah. And, and so there's a couple of um, things that happen when we, when we become, and in New Thought, we call ourselves truth students, right? Because we're always out there, you know, looking for being in alignment with our truth. The truth is that you're whole and perfect. The truth is that you're one with God. The separation we feel, the, all that other stuff, that's just illusion. So we are truth students. So 
I want to talk about the process and how there's a couple of things because here's what's going on. You just started listening to this podcast. You just started taking on personal development. Whoever you are, I'm talking to whoever's listening, right? And then we've seen it on the page, right? You get excited. You get inspired. You think, oh, this is awesome. And then you start to tackle some of those belief systems from my book that we talked about, things you believe about yourself. And you start to really start to being in an inquiry around, hey, maybe that's not true, right? (laughs) Yeah. Like, all you know, you do. You start to get that, right? So then there's a process, and they've talked about this, and I don't think anybody's talking about this, but there's a process from New Thought called chemicalization. Okay, so I have the book in front of me, Lessons in Truth. It was written in 1903. It is from H. Emily Cady, who is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite New Thought leaders and teachers. And um, on page 86, I'm talking about, she says, one term often used and not clearly understood is chemicalization. So I'm going to read this, and as I read this, I'm going to try to flip it in to see if there's – and Becca, stop me if there's language that you want me to define because uh, this is is important. So it says, did you ever put soda into sour milk, cider into other acid fluid, or witness the – and witness the agitation or excited action that takes place? One of the substances neutralizes the other, and something better results from the action. This is a good illustration of what takes place sometimes in the minds and bodies of people. Suppose someone has lived in wrong thought and molded his body by wrong thought for years, right? That's what I'm talking about. You have believed since you were five that you're not good enough or that, you know, whatever it is, right? Right. You're not worthy. So you, you've mold, and you've molded your body by that wrong thought all this time, right? Until you might say you've become, it says, until you might say that he has become solidified in that wrong belief, right? So you've become solidified in, I'm not worthy. Then you introduce the truth to him by strong denials and affirmations that we've been taught. So this, then you read Jay's book. Right? <laughs> yes. So then you believed, so I'm putting it in our language. You've believed you're not worthy your whole life, and then you read my book. Right. And so in my book, it reminds you that's just a belief. Right. Right. The very newness of it. And because it's truth. Right. Creates in the first few days a new hope, a new joy, a new health. Right. That's what happens when you start to have aha moments. Right. Mm -hmm. You start reading a new book or my book or something and you start getting excited. Oh, yeah. And for a little short time, a sort of mental ferment or agitation takes place. One is apt to feel very nervous and seared way down in the depths of himself. If he has ever been sick, he will begin to feel the old diseases. If he has been morally bad, he does, and the old desires and habits will take possession of him with new force, right? Mm-hmm. So do you hear what I'm saying? Like when you start to get take on that maybe it's not true that you're unworthy – you hit this process that makes you feel like crap. (laughs) I mean, you've all experienced this. You're sharing about it on the Facebook page, right? You suddenly are faced with the reality. This is new stuff, people. This is not new stuff. They've been talking about this since 1903. Okay. So the old desires, old habits will take possession of him with a new force. If you've been holding denials and affirmations about business affairs until they've looked hopeful, all at once they may collapse or seem darker or more hopeless than ever. All the new beliefs that lifted him into a new world for a few days seem failures, and he seems on the very verge of breaking up generally. What has happened? Why, simply this. There has been a clash between 
the old condition, which we would call the old error thinking or belief, like I'm not good enough, which has based on falsehood, fear, and wrong ways of thinking, and the new thought or truth entering you. That's all that's happening. (laughs) Now, right? Yes. (laughs) Yes. You have, (laughs) right? That's all that's happening. It's all that's happening. The old moral is kicking vigorously against the truth. Yes. You have a feeling of discouragement or fear, a feeling such as one would give would have caught at something disreputable. <laughs> this is funny. This is this language cracks me I up. Know, yeah. Do not be frightened. Listen, do not be frightened. That which you feel is on the spiritual plane, a similar excitement and agitation to that which was seen in the chemical action between the alkali and the acid on the material plane. And something higher and better always results. Crap. Yes. The agitation does not always take place with everyone, but is most apt to occur with those who have been most fixed. And by most fixed, in other words, what I have said all along, those of you who really believe you're broken, where, you know, like, um, you know, I've said this also, how much trauma you've had, right? How much you believe you're a piece of crap. (laughs) You know, how much society's told you you're a piece of, all that, right? So it doesn't happen with everyone, but such people break up. With more resistance, those who are not very settled in their convictions are more malleable mentally and physically are not so apt to chemicalize. Vigorous use of denials are also more apt to produce chemicalization than the use of affirmations. So in other words, when you're saying, I'm not that, I'm not that, I'm not that, then again, how it's again what we attract, what you know, we what we get in alignment with. But so this process of chemicalization, I don't know if we want to call it chemicalization, because I want to create a vocabulary. That is this same words, but but words you and I get. Right. I say chemicalization to you. You don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> no. So we need <laughs> to come like, up with new language. Yeah. It's we kind need to of come like up with the new Big language. Bang. I don't know. Like what I'm picturing in my head is like, you know, the Big Bang Theory where, um, you know, like all this stuff came together and, you know, boom, and all of this stuff was created out of it. Uh, because it's like when you have all of the... I don't know, parts and pieces that come together and then you have that chemical moment where the new thought enters the old, hits the old thought and then brand new stuff comes from it. Uh, but it, there's some ugliness there for a little while. I mean, it's an explosion. Yeah, it really or it is. occurs like there is. It definitely yeah. feels like there is. Yeah. yeah. And so, and here's the, here's the answer, right? Here's what she says. When you find yourself in this state of internal aggravation, You need only affirm there's nothing to fear, absolutely nothing to fear. Perfect love reigns and all is good. Peace be still and so on. And very soon the higher conditions will appear and you'll find yourself on a much bigger plane than you've ever been before. And what I would say and what I've always said, right, is when you're in that state, when we're when we're starting to transform beliefs about ourselves, it feels like crap sometimes for a little bit. And when we get too worked up in that, we have to be still, right? We have to do our spiritual work. That's when we double down on spiritual work. That's when we, but at the same time, just keep remembering that this is just part of the process. This, this is growing pains. This is sore muscles in my happiness and productivity. I would talk about that. I talk about how you're going to have sore muscles when you start this kind of work. It's going to show up like second guessing yourself and, you know, agitation and all of this stuff. There's actually a word for it. It's called chemicalization. We might need to call it fucked upization. I don't know. But <laughs> it is, 
real and it happens to people and we want to not what happens sometimes I think is people feel like oh because I don't feel good and I'm not you know aligned with feeling good all the time I'm doing it wrong right I want you to get this is part of the process this is so fucking hard and I feel like I'm doing personal development work 24 hours a day seven days a week I'm exhausted by it because it's like that must be why I feel like crap because I'm like, this is just too hard and I'm doing it too much. <laughs> you know, like I just need a freaking break. But really, yeah. the feel bad part is part of the, you know, being able to accept that as part of it makes so right? much sense to me. Because okay. and now let me tell course. you how Abraham's, how the law of attraction teachers like Abraham speak about that, where they say things like, we want you to get that you knew you knew before you came here that it wasn't landing that perfect job or that perfect relationship that was the goal. It was the whole journey of it, every bit of it, everything you have to transform to get there. That's where they're always saying you're never done and you're never going to be done, and it's the journey, not the destination, right? This is the same thing. It's honoring every piece of it, the whole deal. And recognizing right? so the, your place within this work is going to get uncomfortable. Totally uncomfortable. Yeah. If you're doing it, if you're doing it right. Yes. I mean, it's almost like, you know, you can just, if you really, I mean, if there's nothing to transform and you're like, oh, well, that was good, but awesome for you. But those of us that have believed that we're pieces of crap starting out, I've had my share of chemicalization getting to, I love myself. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which is why in our work, in the lean inside work, we don't have you start affirming things that you can't buy. Yeah. Because that doesn't it doesn't serve you and it just sets off a bunch of stuff that's unnecessary. We start baby stepping it out. I say I assert that that supports you a little better around this chemicalization process because you're going to hit it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's everything. It's in your if you, if you you believe things, you believe something about yourself from the time you're a baby or a little kid. It's in all of you. It's an and so try, starting to transform that is a process, and you're going to get uncomfortable sometimes. What we want you to get and hold on to and know more than anything is that on the other side of that is something that you can't even know. <laughs> That's so much better than what you've ever known before that it's so fantastic and amazing. And that's when you manifest these amazing things that you wanted, but you didn't even know how good it was going to be. Yes, exactly. Right? Exactly. And yeah. you, you can't potentially yeah. ever see, you know, you can't see the end result because it's, it is not, it's not imaginable, you know, who, who and that's okay. That's, that's part of the, the giving it up and giving it, turning it over process. So I have one question. Um, and just to sort of clarify around this, it's okay. I mean, there are going to be things where you have, chemicalization moments multiple times around right and there's, oh, yeah. Yeah. okay so it's like this isn't this isn't like a big bang and yay we're done <laughs> we've made it through no. i mean i might have stuff around my weight over and over and over and over again um and have these moments but i have to accept those as they come and not think that there's ever gonna i mean I'm not looking for them, obviously, but I need to be able to deal with them as the realities of making that breakthrough. 
Yeah. And that's why our practice is to be as conscious as you can about what you're thinking and what you're speaking so that when that stu- you can catch it when it's that kind of stuff comes up and start transforming your language. Cause now, and I'm glad you asked this because the next thing that I want to talk about, which we don't have a ton of time, I want to, and I want everybody to know, we're, I, I want to talk more about this on more podcasts, and that is your speaking, um, because speaking the word is something also that I don't think law of attraction pe- people talk about enough. I mean, they talk about affirmations, and they talk about getting in alignment, and they talk about your thoughts, getting in alignment with that, but they really don't talk a lot about being real intentional about speaking the word. And um, it's a very powerful, powerful and new thought learning and technology almost. So um, we don't have time to talk about that a lot. Yeah. But one of, again, one of the reasons I love Florence Scoville Shin is, that she, again, she would give these people treatments, which is what I do in coaching. Like, let's come up with a baby step affirmation for you to speak that really works for you. Florence would do that, but also speak the word for them. Right. And I do that sometimes. I, I'll say I, And sometimes I know I have a knowing that I'm in alignment. And when I speak that word, I can tell you 100 percent that's happening. Right. And then there's other times where I'm a little wobbly and I'm hoping that's happening. <laughs> but I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm human and, I, and it takes practice. Right. But there is a very specific process in metaphysics and people who study metaphysics around speaking the word. And. It comes from, and I want to, and we'll we'll do a whole podcast on speaking the word. But just real briefly, you know, um, if you go back to to the Bible, for example, in the beginning, right? God said, "Let there be light," and then there was. So you take out that word "said." What did God do? God said. God spoke. When we speak, we create. Yes. Yep. And when we are in alignment with our inner being and our inner knowing of the truth of who we are. And then we speak, holy crap, aloli. That's when you're speaking the word, but you've got to practice being in alignment. You just want to like people who don't meditate who don't do any of their spiritual work can walk around and speak the word <laughs> and stuff will happen. Believe me, because you're always creating it. Uh-huh. But let me tell you something. When you get in alignment, when you are doing your work and you're meditating and you get in alignment and you take the time to be still, and then speak the word from there, I promise you, you're going to be speaking into existence amazing things, and you'll be conscious about what you want to create. And it is a powerful, powerful process. And again, we will do a whole podcast on it because in metaphysics, and again, people who study metaphysics, this is a a thing that's very real and very part of their work is speaking the word and understanding that your words are the way we create. (laughs) And it is so important to watch your words and so important to pay attention to what you're creating. And, you know, we spoke, we, I say this all the time, Starbucks started from somebody saying, you think somebody pay five bucks for a cup of coffee? (laughs) Everything starts with a conversation. And so everybody can get that. But I really want you to get that your words are the only way that people know you and your words are how you create your future. And so learning to speak and be in, get yourself intentional and in alignment before you speak and knowing about those things is going to empower you to no end. And I'm, that's the kind of stuff, again, that just jazzes me up so much. I can't even, sometimes I think I was one of these guys in a past life because I am so turned on by this stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. No, <laughs> I can read these books all day yeah. long. Yeah. Um, 
this book I'm talking about again is called The Lessons in Truth. Um, not The Lessons in Truth. It's called Lessons in Truth. Um, we could put a link in there. By H. Emily Katie. Okay. It's a new thought. It's an old. Um, I mean, H. Emily Katie was a teacher uh, of Emma Curtis Hopkins. And, I mean, she was, she was amazing. Um, she was influenced by the ideas of Ralph Waldo Emerson. I mean, you know, Emma Fox, all those um, early New Thought teachers that I love and that are all saying the same stuff that people are talking about the Law of Attraction now. It's almost like the New Thought teachings have kind of turned into the Law of Attraction, the way people talk about the Law of Attraction now. They just, what's interesting to me is some of the people who are talking about the Law of Attraction now don't know about <laughs> the New Thought <laughs> yeah, movement. Yeah. I'm not kidding. You don't. Yeah, we don't I mean, know I'll where we came from. Them, like, yeah. What are you talking about? I don't have any idea. They learned it from the secret or something. Jack can't, I mean, you know, which is not bad. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying there's such depth in this work um, from this from this early movement that I encourage you, if this stuff turns you on, a lot of traction turns you on, and this kind of stuff, I would go start looking into some of these authors. Emmett Fox is one of my favorite. Emmett Fox wrote pamphlets, and I love that because they're short. Um, you know, he wrote a lot of pamphlets, um, and you can get them on Amazon for $1.99 or something. So people like that that are just fun to study, fun to know, that, and, and more importantly, for us to know that this stuff has been studied and done for a long time. <laughs> and we didn't make it up and we're just learning about it and I love doing that with you all it's so much fun for me um, that I just feel blessed to have this forum to be able to talk about this stuff hell yeah and it's just so much fun too to be able to like dig in and really start to develop out these thoughts because I think that we can kind of float along on a path and we f sort of forget where we're where we came from even and I think that's what's great about today's message is that there are so much more to what we're talking about this isn't brand new stuff but it's also a brand new way for us to be looking at it and to use it in our own yeah language. we're in a container yeah and i really do you know i mean um we've teased about having t-shirts and i'm not kidding about that we'll do it at some point um and one of them is like i speak the word or something man i mean i want to bring back people having the knowing about speaking the word because it's very powerful and also i think it's an awareness of how important your words are well and i think too that people should we need to get away from people feeling like speaking the word is a religious thing um, cause I know, yeah. and that might be a whole episode that we talk about. Cause I know that when I say yeah. stuff like that, people start to tense up and they automatically assume that yeah, that's some sort of Christian speaking in tongues or something. Yeah, weird. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's not what I mean. Or, you know, the word of God or, you know, whatever it is, it's, right. it is yeah. whatever, wherever you place it, the universe, goddess, woo woo, yeah. whatever, whatever you want to say it, it is. Um, that's the yeah. word. Uh, and it's not based in some, it's not just based in the Christian faith. Right. Awesome. Yep. Whew, yeah. So much more Good to stuff. uncover there. And I'm super excited mm -hmm. to do it this year with you as we head into year hey, two. Year two. Woo -hoo. Woo -hoo. <laughs> right on. All right, everybody. Well, we'll be next back next week with uh, part two of the Madeline uh, Bach coaching episode on weight loss and body image. So be sure to join us again next week, and we'll see you later. See ya. Bye. Have a great week.
Thank you so much for joining us again this week on Doing the Work with Jay and Becca. We appreciate you so much, and we invite you to join us at Doing the Work with Jay and Becca on Facebook. Uh, We have a great discussion group there going, or visit us at jayandbecca.com for show notes. We have uh, pullouts of links to the books and the things that we talk about. And as always, we are here for you and we want to be part of your weekly self-care. So thank you so much for listening. Stay connected and most importantly, be kind to you. Hell yeah. Thank you so much, Jay, and we'll see you next week. See you next week.